This podcast is brought to you by Cross Catholic Outreach. Last year, Cross Catholic Outreach provided over 30 million meals to families in need around the world. Join us in our global effort to reduce material and spiritual poverty. Learn more at crosscatholic.org/bless. Finding someone on an online Catholic dating site shouldn't be like shopping for a blender. So why do most dating sites leave you feeling like you're shopping for a spouse? At Catholic Singles, we connect members through our unique user polls and activities, which help you discover other members and their personalities and interests. Because you're a person, not a profile picture. So stop shopping and start discerning. Trust your love story to the original Catholic dating site and use the promo code BREADBOX at checkout for 20% off at catholicsingles.com. Aloha, everybody. It's Bear. Good to be with you guys again. Uh, it's been very erratic the last couple months, hasn't it? Uh, getting the Ocean Sunrise Catechism to you guys. Lots and lots of, um, lots and lots of, uh, so many things happening. Daunting, uh, daunting things happening. But we're on the other side of all that, I hope. <laughs> so I'll get to be more consistent. And we'll be coming to you uh, East Coast time for the next month or so. So around 7 or 8 a.m. East Coast time before we get back to Hawaii. So reading the Catechism, paragraph 592, Jesus did not abolish the law of Sinai, but rather he fulfilled it with such perfection that he revealed its ultimate meaning and redeemed the transgression against it. If you're there, I see people are joining up. Say aloha. Tell me where you are today. Tell us all where you are today. Good to see you guys. Jesus venerated the temple by going up to it for the Jewish feast. By the way, whenever you go to the temple, whenever you go to Jerusalem, you go up to it and down from it, no matter what direction you're coming from. That's just the language the Jewish people used. They went up to it. He went up to it for the Jewish feasts. Aloha, my good friend, Pat. Tony, aloha, brother. Good to see my friends. Oh my gosh, I missed you guys. I'm glad to be back. I hope I continue to do this every day again. Um, I think life is going to get a little bit more normal now. Um, so, go, so good to see you guys. Uh, Jesus venerated the temple by going up to it for the Jewish feasts of pilgrimage. And with a jealous love, he loved this dwelling of God among men. Remember, Jesus had met men. At the, in, the, in the tabernacle for hundreds and hundreds of years. It had been the place where he shined so brightly that, uh, that um, the Shekinah glory of God would fill the Holy of Holies and overflow uh, you know, out into the holy place and out into the outer court. The temple prefigures his own mystery when he announces its destruction it, has a, it is a manifestation of his own execution and of the entry into a new age in the history of salvation when his body would be the definite, definitive temple. Remember he said, I will destroy this temple and raise it up in three days. He's referring to the temple of his body. So when did the temple, when did the temple sacrifice end? Is around 64 to 70 AD. The Jewish um, um, zealots rose up against Rome and they experienced kind of a pretty cool victory. They were upset because the empire put his image in the temple. 
which of course was such a sacrilege. And they rose up and they slew uh, the garrison there. And then they were actually then uh, fought a battle from a, a, um, as the Romans came in to try to, to deal with it. They won a great victory. But then all of Rome decided they were going to come down. Uh, the emperor came down to fight the battle. And right as they were lined up outside of Jerusalem to fight that battle, the, the current emperor died. So that, that person had to go back and become uh, the new emperor. And he sent his son Titus to come down and destroy Jerusalem. And they burned Jerusalem. They destroyed it. Uh, they killed well over a million Jews and uh, drove them out of the city. And uh, you see when you go to Rome, this great archway right near the Colosseum, it's the, it's the archway of Titus. And on there you see them, images of, of them bringing out the, 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 um, the candle holder, the menorah, and things like that from the temple. And so temple sacrifice ended permanently. Uh, Aloha, everybody that's there. Say hi to us and let us know where you are. And yeah, press the share button like Pat did. And so it is also said that in the Jewish, in, in the fight against Rome, that Jews killed more of each other than Rome's did, the Romans did of the Jews because there was this great infighting uh, for those who were more moderate in their faith and those that were more zealous and wanted everything to be conformed just perfectly to the religious religiosity. So there was a lot of battle between the Jews too. And I actually have a coin that my father gave me that they they found one day in their couch. We don't know, have any idea how it got there, but it's a coin that was minted by uh, the Barcoba revo revolt around that time, 64, 66 AD. And, uh, and uh, so it's really a real sacred thing that I have. And then I bought another one kind of that magic set that I'm going to give to one of my sisters. But it's really beautiful um, to know that when Jesus died on the cross, the temple curtain was ripped from the top down, not from the bottom up. It wasn't mankind that brought salvation. It was Jesus who brought salvation. Good morning, Brenda. Aloha. Don't forget to press the share button. And, uh, and the temple curtain was probably, they say, six to eight inches thick because it was many layers of curtain. So it took uh, it took the power of God to to rent that to rent that uh, temple curtain, and Jesus entered into the holy of holies and presented himself as the high priest, presented himself as the ultimate sacrifice of love, and so that ended uh, the Jewish uh, temple experience. But during the time of the Roman Empire, the the Pax Augustus or the Pax Romano. There was a, it was a unique time in history. It was as if God prepared the world to receive the gospel. In the fullness of time, the Roman Empire had uh, dominion over all the countries that were along the Mediterranean. Aloha, Tim. Good to see you. And uh, they built these streets, the, 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 you know, the Appian Way, the Ignatian Way, and all these. The Roman roads are still there today. You can still drive on them on your cars and walk on them. Um, the Roman peace, the Roman road system, the fact that you could go from city to city and probably not get killed or robbed, um, provided an environment for the gospel to flourish. And out throughout Rome, the great Jewish diaspora, the Jews uh, had become known in Alexandria, Egypt, even in Rome, 
if you go to Rome, you know there's areas where the Jewish ghetto was. Uh, uh, in Ephesus and Philippi, everywhere that P Paul went, for example, there was usually a synagogue. Whenever, wherever there were 12 or more Jewish men, they would have a synagogue. And so there was this rightness for the gospel to go. And where did the gospel go? The gospel went along the Roman roads to, from city to city. Um, in fact, the word pagan, which the church referred to as non-Christians, was also used by the soldiers to refer to non-soldiers. And the word pagan basically translated means country folk, you know, like rednecks. It means, it means more than that than people who worship. Originally, it meant more than just people who worship strange gods. And so the, 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 the Roman Empire paved the way for the, for the primitive church to flourish. But of course, also we see in time the primitive church being persecuted. Uh, the Jewish people had a special agreement with Rome that they could continue their practices. Rome didn't usually come in and squash the cultures of the countries that they, they uh, dominated. And because the Jewish religion was an ancient religion, they allowed them to continue to to uh, worship. But once the Christianity became known as more than just a Jewish sect, um, <clears throat> then they began to fall under persecution because, for example, Emperor Pius around the year 150 <clears throat> was um, wanted... Um, Temple wanted a sacrifice to be offered to the Roman gods, and of course he considered himself a god too. And when the Christians refused, they were called impious atheists because apparently they didn't believe in God. So, the, so it's kind of ironic that that the emperor Pius uh, called the Christians impious, and they came under persecution because they had, by that time they were no longer considered a Jewish sect; they were considered a new religion, and any new religion had to be treasonous. So Jesus venerated the temple by going up to it for the Jewish feasts of pilgrimage and with a jealous love, he loved this dwelling of God among men. The temple prefigures his own mystery. When he announces its destruction, it is as a manifestation of his own execution and of the entry into a new age in the history of salvation when his body would be the definitive temple. By the way, that guy, Tim McCormick, that's texting in is a beautiful brother. He has a real heart for the poor and I've known him longer than he and Jerry Cohn are my two friends that go back uh, about as far as anybody does. I have one, one other person that I knew when I lived in California that I, Vince Pastorino, who I'm in touch with, but Tim and Jerry, they go back to my high school days in Waco, Texas. So always good to have them. And they're both such strong, strong Christians. And Tim is a strong Catholic. He's actually a Catholic convert. So that's pretty cool. But I'm going to let you go as I've wandered on. But I want to, I want to thank the Lord uh, today again. My father passed away on Sunday. I was with him. Our whole family was around him. He was a Catholic deacon. And uh, as he took his last breath, I put my heart on his chest. And I felt his heart just slowly fade out as he went to heaven. You know, in the Catholic Church, in the actual funeral service, you don't say, when someone gets up to kind of, there's a short eulogy, you're not allowed to say that that person went to heaven. I think so many times at funerals, the most horrible person in the world, the person will stand up and say, well, that person is in a much better place now. Maybe not, because it's appointed on a man who wants to live, wants to die, and then the judgment. Um, and you go two places when, you, when you're judged. You go to heaven or you go to hell. Now, in heaven, there's a part of heaven called purgatory that 
I imagine Tim and I are going to hopefully <laughs> where we are our, our selfishness and our and our desire to have our own way uh, we'll be purged by the glory of the beauty of seeing God's face and we'll be purged but uh, yeah, I love the fact that the church is so faithful. So you cannot say that that person has gone to heaven. If you want to say that, then you need to go through all the jumps to see if they can be canonized as a saint. So, but my dad was so, so much in love with the Lord, as was my mom. And I have to say personally, I believe that they're praying for me right now. When my mom died, my ministry exploded. I knew her prayers just, well, boom, uh, helped me. Anyway, I've talked too long today, but I've missed you guys. It's good to be with you again. I'll be back more normally now. Lots have been lots has been going on, but hopefully the I'll be able to spend more time with you now. Do you want me to say the blessing, the sign of the cross? <coughs> Excuse me. In Hawaiian, as I usually do. Makayanoa Okamakua. Kekeki. Ameke Uhana Hemalele. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey Andy, we'll see you on the twenty-fifth. I think I'll come in early. And we're going to have a great time. Warn every all the men in Orange, Texas not to come because you and I are going to blow things up and challenge them to go deeper with God. And if they don't want to go deeper with God, don't come. Uh, but you know, the only reason I'm coming, Andy, you know why. Because there's Whataburgers. Love you guys. Aloha. Looking for a way to build daily prayer discipline? Seen the rise in mindfulness meditation, but not sure if it is possible to meditate in a way that's consistent with your Catholic faith? Just looking for a way to breathe new life into your existing prayer routine? No matter what you're looking for, Hollow is here to help. Hollow is a Catholic prayer and meditation app that helps users deepen their relationship with God through audio-guided contemplative prayer sessions. From meditations on the daily gospel to the rosary to daily examines, Hollow has something for everyone. Hollow is the number one Catholic app in the U.S. It is free to download and has permanently free content. But you can also check out all of the premium sessions for 30 days, risk-free, by signing up at www.hollow.app/breadbox.